What's up, Gravel family? I'm Sophia. And I'm Jason. And this is the Gravel Family Podcast. The Gravel Family Podcast is an encouraging space to motivate more people to get on their bikes and enjoy gravel. We're going to share a variety of stories from hometown pirates to the top tier pros. We're also going to share training tips and insights on gravel worlds and other events, as well as answer your questions that arise through your training season. We are so excited you're here. Welcome to the Gravel Family. This podcast was sponsored by Lauf Cycles. The Lauf Segla is a truly industry-leading gravel bike, boasting 57 millimeters of tire clearance, incredible rearing compliance, and the iconic Lauf fork with 30 millimeters of maintenance-free front-end travel. The Lauf Segla is one of the best all-around gravel bikes on the market. The Lauf Segla proves you can have comfort, speed, be lightweight, and still remain incredibly affordable. Lauf builds start under $2,600, and most builds are thousands of dollars less than similar builds of other brands. Lauf has supported Gravel World since 2016, and we're so thankful for their support of the Gravel Family Podcast. To order your Lauf Segla delivered directly to your door, please go to www.laufcycling.com. That's L-A-U-F cycling.com. All right, what's up, Gravel Family? I'm Jason. And I'm Sophia. And we are down here in Emporia, Kansas again. In now we're inside Merchant Cycles because we just had a crazy rainstorm come through. There was about like 20 seconds between <laughs> the first rain drop and I was like, oh, I think I felt a sprinkle. And then it was just torrential downpour <laughs> and we're all a little bit like wet dogs right now. Yep, so this is the first wet podcast and the first uh, inside a bike shop podcast. <laughs> so uh, thank you, a huge, massive now thank you to Merchant Cycles for letting us be our host. Uh, this week, and also thank you to Lauf Cycles for being our sponsor and allowing us to come down here. We have another very highly recommended guest. We tried to get a twofer down at uh, Mid South, but it didn't work out. We could only get one king, so now we got the other king. Uh, so uh, this our aw- next awesome guest here. Uh, she's a mother of uh, Hayden and Hazel, wife, promoter, competitor, uh, who has nabbed various podium- podiums, including. Uh, second place at BWR and fifth at the 2023 Gravel Locos just a couple weeks ago. Welcome to the podcast, Laura King. Thank you guys so much. So good to be here. <laughs> so what are you doing down here at Unbound? Uh, we came to Emporia just after Gravel Locos, realizing it was only an eight-hour drive. So Sunday packed up and um, have been here for the last week and a half, just taking in the town in a different way when it's quiet and um yeah, like meeting up with the local NICA chapter and getting ice cream and, you know, just finding the local playgrounds to go to. <laughs> you posted on your Instagram story a picture, I think, of cinnamon rolls, some, like, pastry from a local bakery. Oh, I got the intel on the local farm stand that's open on weekends and has fresh-baked cinnamon rolls. Christy Ooh. Moan gave me details on that. Those looked amazing. They were amazing. Are they? I bet they're open on Unbound Weekend, probably. You know, the uh, the owner, uh, the proprietor of the farm stand has actually done Unbound and said he went to high school with Leland. Okay. So nice. it's a very small town. Um, <laughs> and so I don't know. I told him he should be open all week because, you know, they'd be very busy. Yeah. I can imagine. Is this your first time you came down this early for Unbound? Because I know you, like... You've been down here probably, what, eight, five, six, seven, eight times? Probably six or so. Uh, Yeah, this is by far the longest we've been here, and um, it's been such a relaxing way to do it uh, and such a nice way to, 
I mean, actually be out exploring the roads and really kind of getting to understand the community here in a different way. So we've really enjoyed it. I've, I've seen you, I've been following uh, you both on Strava and seeing you like piecing together different parts of the different routes and riding them and stuff. So that's been really fun. Yeah. Uh, I think it was like the 50 divided by 100 equals 83 or something. I saw you guys like you put like an 83 mile route together, mixing them all together. So um, when you, is it, how does it feel to just go out there and ride on these roads instead of like having to be like focused on pushing you have actually have some time to just take in the scenery take some video take photos and memories how's that been um i think with our life on the road recon is something that sometimes like if we have time for it great but it's often something that we you know we get to preview a tiny part of the course or whatever we just don't always have time for really getting out there to see the whole thing so that's been a really nice perk um, get, I checked out most of the entire 100-mile course, and Ted has done a ton of recon, too. So having that time has been great. Yeah, and you guys have a big history down here. Ted's actually won uh, Unbound before, so twice. Twice. Yeah, and he is taking on the 350, and you're taking on the 100. Yes, this yeah. is a good, um, The you know, we, we moved to kind of, like, assessing annual family goals now <laughs> um, and trying to find balance within that. And really our big family goal of the year is his race tour divide, which is coming up. So, and a great prep for him in doing that is doing the 350. I am, I have unfinished business here in the 200. Um, I DNF'd a couple years ago, so I will eventually come back and do that, but this probably wasn't the year for piling on a little too much so i'm excited to race the hundred and it's uh it has some good competition this year too so i'm nervous it's gonna be good do you do you like the like the 200 or 100 like where or 300 i don't have you done the super long like ultra stuff the 300 350 stuff like that no my background is actually triathlon okay so iron man um i've done a lot of long endurance events um 10 to 12 hours i guess um, but not on a bike, and I struggle a little bit with pretty intense nausea and sickness when it's hot and long. So that's kind of my it, if if I'm to excel here, I think we need to come out and really try to acclimate as best as possible. And I probably will still struggle if it's hot. So you know, you kind of like know. I know what uh, kind of conditions suit me. This this definitely is not a place for that, but I'd still like to come and actually get that finisher medal. <laughs> With your sensitivity to the heat, where are some of your favorite places in the U.S. to ride? I've always enjoyed Leadville. It's never hot. <laughs> I don't <laughs> mind altitude. I would take altitude over, especially, it's not just heat, it's humidity. Humidity and heat are my nemesis. Um, so yeah, pretty much anywhere. I love Colorado. I love, um, I did a pretty amazing four-day bikepacking um, adventure with my good friend Jess Sarah through the San Juans um, outside of Durango and that remains like a lifetime highlight so everything was almost over 10,000 feet um, but just the sights and the the scenery there is unparalleled so I do I do any race in Colorado <laughs> <laughs> I love it and you guys are based in Vermont we Still, are. Right? Yeah. You might not know it. We do own a home in Vermont. <laughs> we haven't been home for three months. So. Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, like, in, in 2022, um, you expanded your van, right? You got a bigger <laughs> van so you could be more on the road. So, what? It, um, how much time are you on the road versus home? Uh, 
that has well that's a good question that's evolving uh, lately a lot um i never pictured myself as someone who would enjoy traveling around in a van ever um and i can't believe how much fun it's been and what an adventure it's been i know also i think we know this is a season of life um that will probably evolve and change as the kids are eventually like having to go to school and <laughs> uh, we can't just have the freedom that we have now so we're really taking advantage of it and making some special memories um most of this year, with the exception of maybe November, December, and July, mid a bit, a bit of June, we're going to be gone <laughs> on the road. Oh, wow. <laughs> so how do you handle that being, you know, a mom to two young, young kids and also getting your training in while living in a van? What does a typical week look like for you guys? I mean, they're probably <laughs> all varied right now. but <laughs> Our life lives on a spreadsheet a lot of the time. Um, Ted and I, I think the way, reason this works really well for us is we are both pretty organized planners and um, we send each other the spreadsheet and, you know, ask that one fills in like what your obligations are and what my obligations are and um, have been lucky to have like community uh, throughout the country where we can find reliable, um, trusted childcare and that has somehow kind of been able to make it all go around and work. But sometimes there are days where it doesn't work and one of us has to sacrifice like getting out there or maybe having a little bit of FOMO that we can't take part in something. It's So it's just flexibility um, with a lot of planning, I guess, is the formula. What about going on rides together? Because that's super important as well to spend that quality time because that's something that you both enjoy and love so much. And that's actually what brought you guys together, right? If yes. we throw it all the way back, how did you guys meet? Um, well, we met on a bike ride. Um, a mutual friend of ours had a birthday weekend in Sonoma County, California. And uh, we were out on a bike ride with a ton of different people. And long story short, we went on a route that's called King Ridge and we're riding that's very aptly named. <laughs> yes. And here we, it's a pretty, it's a long, sinuous, steep, mostly steep climbing, um, challenging route, but super beautiful and like cow pastures and just you're close to San Francisco, but so far away or it's, it's what remains one of my favorite rides in the world. Um, and I'm just asking, I knew of Ted. I was intrigued by Ted. Um, and here I am riding side by side with him up this climb. And I just started asking him really big open-ended questions, pretending like I was not working hard, <laughs> but I was working really hard. <laughs> uh, and we chat, you know, as the bike does, it just opens up the opportunity for like long form conversation. And we had two hours of getting to know each other. And that was kind of the beginning. Of when, when was that? That was... Uh, January of 2016 he had just moved to California one week prior so and then how long when did you when did you guys get married we got married in November of 2017 okay awesome. that's amazing <laughs> love how the bike brings brings people together that was like one question we because we had Ted Don down at Mid-South and that was one question we didn't ask so we're like oh we got to make sure we know like yeah. it had to be about a bike like there had to be a bike involved somehow right. um, you guys have a lot of like adventures together um like not just bike adventures you, you have your van stuff and you have businesses together and all that stuff um like what are what are some of the highlights for you guys in the the off the bike adventures and out of the van adventures that um really bring you two together and and maybe challenge you guys too 
Uh, if you're if we're talking off the bike, we really like entertaining. We re I think a big passion of ours is bringing community together. So in whatever shape or form that is, um, you know, when we're home and we like, or when we're not home, we like hosting dinner parties and barbecues and get-togethers. And so, I think that's one thing we and we both have a love of good food and drink. So I think that's one area where. Um, we just share that common passion and that overflows into bikes, but it also doesn't have to include bikes. Yeah, and on the topic of food, you guys own Untapped Maple, yep. which if you go to a big event, chances are the truck will be there with some maple ice cream. So how did that idea start? Ted co-founded Untapped at, well, they launched a Kickstarter campaign in, at the 2014 Tour de France. So prior to us ever meeting, um, he had had... He was a New Englander that was known for a love of maple syrup and was often gifted maple syrup, you know, getting off the team bus at wherever in Europe. And um, he had this idea that, you know, had studied like the properties of maple syrup and the nutritional um, components and had decided like, why isn't this used for sports nutrition? And so he kind of in his off season would go around to farmers markets and talk to maple syrup producers and try and explain like, can you put maple syrup in this, you know, showing it like a typical gel packet. And it wasn't until he was introduced to um, the Cochrane family, two, two brothers, uh, Doug and Roger Brown, so who were Alpine ski racers, also maple syrup producers, when that it was that, that introduction that kind of really clicked and um, they got it because they were athletes. So they formed Untapped along with one other partner and um, it's been based in Richmond, Vermont ever since. And that was a big part of bringing us back to Vermont um, to be connected with the team there. And were, you, were you not on the East Coast before that all happened? No, I'm a West Coaster. I was born and raised in Seattle there 28 oh, okay. years, moved to the Bay Area. Yeah, it wasn't until 2017 that he convinced me that New England was the greatest place on earth. Do you do you concur with that now? I have my heart in multiple places. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's what's like that's what's great like of life. Like yeah. you can have different homes, and you could probably when you go back to Seattle, it probably just feels like, ah, oh, why did I ever leave? But then you go back to Vermont, and it's the same thing. Yeah, we we really do feel like sometimes we have two homes. We spend a lot of time. Um, in California, and we feel lucky to still be able to do that, and some of our best friends are there, so it still feels like home when we're there, but um, we really feel connected to the Vermont community as well, and that's been a wonderful place to call home, so for now, heart, heart is on the West and East Coast. And because of your love for Vermont, you guys actually started a race called Rooted Vermont. We did. Which, how many years did that go on for? Four, but three actual events because of covid yeah, so oh, yeah, you were because your first year was COVID, right? Or did you no, do one, then COVID? Yes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so what was the inspiration behind starting that? Because most, you know, promoters, it's because they want to share the roads that they love so much. Was that the same case for you guys? Uh, for sure. I mean, Vermont has more dirt roads than paved. It's not just the dirt roads that make it special, but we really wanted to showcase everything we thought that was spectacular about Vermont, whether it's the beer the craft beer or the cheese or the creamies or you know just like food what, is a big <laughs> what's a creamy oh my gosh do you know what a creamy is no okay okay well a creamy oh she's pulling up a picture a creamy is i guess you could call it soft serve but in vermont it's called 
a creamy. And this is, oh I'm gosh. showing you, this is the Vermont creamy database map. So There's a know, database. If you want to know where every creamy stand um, in Vermont is, Amazing. this map probably shows about 200 dots oh my on the map. It's a big thing. Um, you have to have a so light. It's, it's, it says, it's kind of like ice cream. It essentially is soft serve ice cream. You'll get to experience a creamy out of the untapped trailer if you go over we're, to the expo. Ooh, we're going. Okay, that's next off. A, a, ma a maple creamy? creamy, which is which is like the it's like vanilla in Vermont. If you want a standard creamy, it's maple. It's not okay. vanilla. Oh, because okay. it's Vermont. Obviously. It's Vermont. Yeah. But let me read this to you. Roughly 400 Vermont establishments hold licenses to sell creamies or soft serve ice cream. So apparently you have to have a license. You have to have a oh. license? It's a big this, thing It's official. It's yeah. official, official. Yeah. It's a big thing. That is incredible. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm excited to go to the expo now and get rained on. Again, it's starting to rain again, so I'm really glad we decided to move inside. So uh, once again, thank you, Merchant Cycles. Previously known as Gravel City, um, they rebranded, and um, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful bike shop if you're down here in Emporia. And so. their merch is so cool. They're I branded. really like their rebranded merch. I think uh, I think we have Bobby Wintel's crew, because um, Bobby Wintel's one of the new owners now uh, down at Mid-South. There's a, uh, several owners, but yeah, the branding is awesome. So thank you, Merchant Cycles. Definitely want to give them some love. If you're down here in Emporia, stop in at Merchant Cycles and just hang out. You don't have to buy anything. It's a hangout spot. So Yeah. Um, so yeah, back to your event. Um, you it ran for four years. Three actually happened because of COVID. Mm -hmm. um, and then this last year, you you put out a post that you guys were hanging up the towel. Um, <laughs> that had to have been an incredibly difficult decision um, because it was a very successful, loved race in your community and around the world. So what was what was that decision process like? Because I know it wasn't easy. No, it was full. I, I think not. A lot of people probably don't understand how much angst and um, deliberation and emotion were in that decision. Um, but I really, truly, we feel in the depths of our heart that the, the gravel scene is changing. And unfortunately, the area that we are in in Vermont is not as rural as we would love it to be. You know the growing competitive nature of the sport is changing things and um we were really i guess we just we saw we saw um some issues where that we really didn't feel like we had a great solution for and you know at the end of the day there were other options on the table should we move the event what you know but everything was very like core to who we are and the area where we were having it had a lot of meaning to us and it just it just didn't make authentic sense to us to to move it and you know as you guys know you establish so many relationships and so many there's so much that goes into putting on an event that um those relationships only happen and build over years and years and once you've put that much love and heart into them it, it's really hard to start over <laughs> yeah um yeah so for us we we came to the conclusion that was the best decision for our families, along with our partner Kristen and her family, and um, it was it was a very really hard decision to make and sad. Do and you, sad for the community. Do yeah. you? How often do you like go back and think, did we make the right decision, or you do you sleep on it pretty soundly? Um, 
I feel a great sense of relief now. Now that we got through the period of making the decision and um, kind of grieving it. Yeah. I mean, it's um, a loss. Like it you, is. you put so much into an event, and very, very few people who aren't promoters like understand how much of yourself you put into that event, and especially your guys's event. Like everything from your branding to mullet protocol to <laughs> every every part of it that you guys did, it was you. It was it was your families. It was your culture on the East Coast. Um, it was your baby. Yeah, it was your baby. So it's, I mean, it's a real sense of loss. It is. I mean, it made me understand just from an entrepreneurial stance, any brand that you build and put all your sweat equity into, like how hard it can be to let go of it. And sometimes it is just, it, it's a call that you have to make and you don't want to, whether it's, you know, a, a brand that you build that, I don't know, whether you have to sell it or whatever. Um, but yeah, you have an emotional attachment. It's it's also just a shame when you build that brand equity and you think there has to be a way to spin this into a different direction. You can't just like let it all go. Um, but and who knows? The rooted Vermont, the rooted Vermont brand may live on somehow in a yes. different way, shape, or form. That's so cool. It. But and and as a promoter of and like seeing what other promoters do, you guys did it the right way. And I always wanted to compliment you, um, you and Kristen, on your just accolade of celebrating everyone. And like the true gravel spirit is like you were all about celebrating the front, and they get a lot of attention all the time. But like you like yeah, mullet protocol, business in the front, party in the back, and like you just celebrated every person, and like. The reason I was bummed is like, oh, I didn't get to go do it now. Like it was, <laughs> uh, it was on my bucket list to go do. So and oh, like, there's you. just so many events. But like, genuinely, you you did it the right way, and I think you, it was admirable um, that you you exited the way that felt right to you. And I, like, I know it doesn't, might not mean things to other people, but you did do a very good job at what you guys did, and it was, it was hard to like. Like, you guys kept freaking raising the bar, and we're like, yeah. gosh, dang it, did you guys see what they did? Now we got to do that. Uh, <laughs> like, I know, and we had every intention to continue raising the bar. But uh, we'll have those memories. They're pretty special, and we're proud of what we did build. Well, speaking of cool events and races around the country, you've gotten to experience a lot of really cool ones, but do you have any on your list that are still bucket lists that you really want to go to? Ooh, good question. Um, any on my list? Uh, the you know the BC bike race, mountain bike stage race in uh, British yes. Columbia. Hey, see you, you. Hi. <laughs> um, that is on my list. It's not a gravel event, but uh, I've just heard. I I know the mountain biking in British Columbia is pretty amazing, and I think stage racing is fun. Um, I've done the Breck Epic before, so I know that kind of format is really great. Um, in terms of gravel. I mean, I'm intrigued now by the Traca in Girona, and mostly because I want to go to Europe. <laughs> that's uh, is that's uh, the Rift is part of like a series with them, like the gravel, oh, cool. something gravel, lo like global gravel alliance or something. It's there's like the awesome. Traca, the Rift. There's a one in Africa, uh, but there's like all these. Th there's like a huge series of them, but yeah, the, the Traca. That's how I found out about it was because the Rift joined that. And I was like, oh, what other races are doing that? And the, I heard about the truck and it looks amazing. Well, they've been con saying it's the unbound of Europe. Um, I believe the train is quite different, but it's kind of one of the main, as far as I'm, I understand, it's one of the first kind of bigger gravel 
events that follow a gravel format similar to North America. So very cool. Yeah. Um, are there, so you mentioned mountain biking stuff. Are you, do you consider yourself a mountain biker or a gravel cyclist or a roadie? Like what, where do you find your, where's your heart at? When, if you could be like, I can only have one bike and I can only do one, that type of event, what would it be? Oh, that's actually a hard one. I was a mountain, I mean, I fell into mountain biking um, first before gravel bikes existed. Actually, I, I was a little bit of a naysayer on gravel at first because I said, if you can't ride it on a road bike, you should probably be on a mountain bike. Why would you want to ride it on a gravel <laughs> bike before I really truly understood the full expanse of gravel? Um, I have always, well, gra uh, mountain bike is close to my heart. I moved to Northern California, which is Marin County, which is now called like the birthplace of mountain biking. And I had come from a triathlon background at that point that I was burned out on and um, found you know, triathlon's pretty intense. And I found mountain biking to be just a really refreshing, um, like people that could go hard, but also like be very relaxed. The culture of it was a little more relaxed. And I needed that after like years of kind of, you know, triathlon is like staring at your power meter. And so like can be so rigid. And I think that that's something I love about gravel as well, right? That it's not just about the training and the rigidity and the, like, it's about community and um, having fun and adventure. And so I, whatever injects a little bit of that into my life is what I'm attracted to, I guess. I love it. Good. I love it. That was a good politician answer. You <laughs> yeah. should run for government. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> but I mean, at the end of the day, like bikes are the answer, yeah. right? I don't, yeah, I don't even know how I would say one or the other. Uh, another thing that um, I think a, a lot of people follow you guys on social media is you are very open and you share a lot with your, your family experience. And you're, you and Ted are both proud parents. Um, what, what was that transition like of being a elite level athletes and then elite level athletes as a mom and um, now a mom of two. Uh, what was that transition like for you? Um, the initial transition while pregnant and really anxious about what life on the other side, having a child was going to look like. Um, I just had a lot of concerns like, and, and a lot of that is, I guess, um, exacerbated I don't know if that's the right word or brought on by the kind of commentary that is a part of sort of just like culture these days where suddenly people will tell you how your life is, is going to now be and and we I would hear a lot of comments like well you know enjoy your sleep now or enjoy the bike riding you get to do now and almost like instilling fear in this new chapter and making it like a negative yeah um, and honestly, like from that moment on, I have just had this like desire to not m make that, or to, to not have that be the case and to also um, show why that's, I don't know, that there's a positive narrative out there too. That's that. I love that <laughs> because like that's with my wife and I, that's like one of the big things is like just, uh, I want to say that again. Um, I love how you say that because there is so much negativity around 
having a family and like oh well all these bad things are going to happen but there's so many like new things that would never happen and you you all highlight those in your in your YouTube channel and uh, all your Instagrams and it's a, it's like refreshing it's like kind of like our podcast like it's not the drama part it's like and I'm sure there is drama and there's hard things and stuff but you celebrate the good stuff um, rather than be like well I couldn't go for a bike today because Hazel was freaking out you know like you're you you're you're always a positive attitude and it's refreshing online um, so I, I I complimented Ted with that too but I wanted to make sure I told you that too because it's it's a breath of fresh air on seeing seeing your and watching your adventures and following along. Thank you. And I wouldn't say I was someone who was like 100% certain I even wanted children. Um, and I felt like my life was very full and fulfilled prior to having children. So for me, it's just been a delightful surprise to see how much joy it brought to my life. And to have that on top of already feeling fulfilled and fulfilled and and happy um is like the icing on the cake you know it's and it's i don't know it's been an amazing experience you guys get the opportunity obviously to travel around and see all these cool places what are some i guess memories or skills that you want ingrained into your kids from this experience like what do you want them to take out of this one day and learn from it uh i think already they've learned a lot of flexibility um they can sleep in a bed anywhere because it's actually funny sometimes the commentary that hazel will ask like so what house are we going to tonight or <laughs> whose who's house are we sleeping at tonight i love that um but i love that you know she she just normal to her is sleeping anywhere in a van um in another airbnb at a friend's house so um yeah big time flexibility to them it's totally normal to sit in a car all day long um and that was another thing like we had a lot of people when we bought a van be like well that's not going to be fun with two kids <laughs> and i don't know like i don't know i guess just We've, it's been normalized. It's it's your normal. Like they've never said we don't. I they don't really. There's no choice, right? Like when we got to get somewhere, we it's a long drive, and they've just adapted. So kids are very adaptable. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do have some Instagram questions, so we put up a story, um, seeing if anyone wanted to pick your brain. So we're gonna do some rapid fire. You had here. the most. You yeah. had the most questions asked. So. Oh, all right. So, Becca Bromley says mantra for Unbound? Question mark. What's your mantra? Mm. That this is the icing on the cake. We've had such a amazing three months. We've been privileged to ride our bike a lot in many cool places and to be together as a family and. I've had some races that I'm proud of. I feel back to myself, which is just nice after a few years of pregnancy and postpartum. Um, so it's a, this kind of feels like a little bit of a mid-season end cap before we take a break and then kind of get back to some racing. So um, at this point, like I'm going to go out there and I'd like to do well. But I also, it's so cool to not have all, I don't have pressure and out it's a, also like family goals. If Ted does well, it's a, our family goal is met too. So um, I'll be out there thinking about him and his race, and he'll probably be doing the same. And then if we return home 
safe and sound, no injuries, and the kids are happy and healthy, then that's a win. I love it. The next one is from your friend Meg Fisher, and oh, she says, Rooted and the Women's Clinic were both such positive events. How can others recreate that? Well, she was a big component of them being a positive event, speaking of a very inspiring person who I think very highly of. The components to that being such a success were the people who were involved, and um, it was actually really cool to be a part of that, but actually have such a backseat. Like, I did a lot of the, the work leading up to it, but I did not have a huge role within the weekend, and it was cool to be able to observe and see how much each person that's involved brings to make the magic, brings to the, the weekend to make the magic happen. And um, so I think the power is the, the personalities and the people that are there who truly care, and that's what we had a, that's what we brought together. So that can be done anywhere. I love it. The next one is from Pedal Route 66, and they say date night with Ted or a solo afternoon on the bike. Ooh. Oh, that's an easy one. I would. We love our date nights. We had one last night. Oh. <laughs> what do you guys usually do for date night? Uh, we go out to eat. That's our favorite pastime. <laughs> we love going out to good restaurants, um, which we haven't done as often now with kids, but every time we do, it's like a huge treat. So we had a babysitter last night, and went out to Union Street Social and it was great. You mentioned so cool. that you love hosting. What's your like favorite thing to make when you're hosting for people? Because you sound like you are probably good chefs. So yeah, uh, we like making food. Ted is an incredible chef too. So we definitely split the roles and tag or like our good team teammates in that um, role. But we have a wood fired pizza oven that I gifted to Ted oh, for man. Oh, that's cool. our anniversary. And we have loved that because we just love wood-fired pizza. <laughs> that. Yep, yep. All right. <laughs> What's your, where are you at again? <laughs> oh, I'm on my way. Let's go. Please, come over. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The next one is from Beer Circles, and they said, giving birth brings mom watts. Is it true? Uh, not necessarily. I guess in some ways it does. Um, but it also, oh, it's just such a... It's hard on your body, right? Like yeah. your body doesn't really truly recover for, I think, at least a year just from the combination of everything, like the hormones, the energy taken from if you choose to breastfeed, just um, the sleepless nights, the everything. Um, and at the same time, like cycling or getting exercise for me was such ther therapy. So you don't really care if you're not a hundred percent because it's you're you're feeling more like yourself if you're able to participate or do that activity um so the mom watts i think you feel very powerful because giving birth makes you feel powerful and um <laughs> getting back to what you love to do also makes you feel powerful but i think truly like getting your form and fitness is you got to have some patience too um because it, yeah, it's a lot on your body. It's a lot to ask on your body. That I, there's a story I want to make sure is told on this podcast, <laughs> and I've told you, but Mid-South last year, um, you were seven months pregnant? Yeah, well, 27 S weeks, whatever that is. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't seven, know weeks. Yeah, Some, somewhere right, around pregnant. there. So, like, you were very noticeably pregnant. Yeah. 
Um, and you, you still raced that day, or not, you rode. You didn't race to, like, win, obviously. Right. Um, but then Sophia and I were at the finish line, and you, you finished. Ted came over and gave you a huge hug. And then um, these, like, there was, like, two or three women that were, like, 19 to 21, somewhere around there. And they all looked at each other and they're like, that's right, we can do anything. <laughs> and I was like, that was like my highlight of the trip. And Aww. I like made sure I messaged you because I was like, I was like, just you so being cool. you is like inspirational for, for <laughs> women. So, and I was like inspired like by them being inspired. So yeah, you're, it was awesome watching you like do that and watching the impact you're making as a, as a woman in the industry. So Thank you. Oh. There were so many nice comments that day on course i mean making friends and people kind of being just positive about about me being out there um and that was it's, it's, it was also a fun way a new way to experience gravel events um not necessarily just going out there to try and make a podium but enjoying the atmosphere making friends along the way um people were really gracious to say can i help can i do you mind if i get in front and help pull <laughs> <laughs> no i don't <laughs> please yep. do i made a please. lot of friends that were very gracious <laughs> to do that uh enjoying the aid stations etc cetera, etc cetera. but also like I, I rode hard that day and it was cool so do you have advice for women that want to keep riding while they're pregnant i think that i want to be careful because sometimes people look at what I did and like it's you're quick to make comparisons like well yeah you know not everybody's body works the, everybody is so individual their bodies don't all work the same so they may not have the same um type of pregnancy that I had I was so lucky to not have like a lot of sickness or um complications and so I don't I more of the mindset that like m for me movement was medicine <laughs> and any kind of movement outside and just kind of being able to kind of still feel me um, was quite therapeutic to the process as it's like a lot of stuff is changing. And I think for somebody that's used to kind of being in control of their body, that can be unsettling. Um, but I think also just being open to your body being maybe more capable than you might expect it to be. And I think that narrative is being shared more, uh, more often now, which is really cool. There are a lot of inspiring moms out there doing cool things despite being pregnant so do you think that so you actually rode your bike all the way up until you went into labor you were riding a bike as you were in labor oh my so god <laughs> i didn't know i forgot that oh my god do you think that helped your labor and delivery process at all i have no idea <laughs> i i did um, the doctors and nurses were like you just were doing what I was like, I just rode 35 miles and I started feeling some labor pains. And here I am. <laughs> and they're like, okay. They probably won't hear that one again unless you come in to their department for labor again. Um, you know, my, I was with a girlfriend who was also very, uh, very pregnant. She was like three weeks behind me and she really wanted, we were together on the ride and she was saying, I think you should stop. I'll give you a ride home. And I was like, no, I don't want to stop because I want to keep, like, I wanted it to promote, you know, by that time you want to have the baby. So I'm like, no, whatever's going, I've got to keep it going. <laughs> I almost just like ride don't. to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't let her give me a ride. <laughs> she escorted so me home. <laughs> well, again, I, I know I've 
said a lot, but you you have been an inspiration to more than you know. So thank you so much for being in Gravel and being a face and being uh, who you are online and in person. It's awesome to, to get to know you. Um, but before we go, Sophia always has one last question. Yes. So what does the Gravel family mean to you? I think... The Gravel family is what is really, at the end of the day, important to everyone in this niche little sport, right? It's um, when you take away, I mean, yes, there there's the element of competition, but I think especially being pregnant, I got to experience like what is what really matters about what we're doing. And it's the reason I wanted to be out there was because I, I wanted the connection that we all feel when we're out together doing something that we're, you know, trying to achieve together. Um, and that, I guess that, that's the appeal of, of why, we're, why we're all a part of this sport is really we're all looking for connection and we found it through um, being able to challenge ourselves out there and on the gravel roads. I love it. Good answer. Uh, so uh, this podcast is sponsored by Lauf. So we try to ask a fun question for uh, if we have a sponsored question. So what is a story in your travels as, as a, a van lifer that make you laugh out loud every single time? <laughs> Ooh, uh, I, the complexity of trying to find a good place to actually park the van at night um, was a surprise to us. And it, w it, it took a while to actually get the hang of like finding a nice place. And the truck stops really don't do it for me. So, um, and Ted doesn't really care where we post up. So he's had... <laughs> We, we, we do a lot of homework, I guess, to find a nice place to park the van. That's awesome. <laughs> good, good arguments and stuff. I'm yeah. sure that happened with that. Um, once again, thank you, Laura, for being on the podcast. This was awesome. Thank you for everything you do. Uh, once again, thank you, Merchant Cycles, for saving us from the rain. So if you're ever in Emporia, please stop at Merchant Cycles right on the main street down here. Um, and tomorrow we will be over at the Lauf Cycling booth doing even more podcasts. So thank you so much, Laura. Thank you so much, Merchant. And we will be back for another episode. This podcast was sponsored by Lauf Cycles. The Lauf Segla is a truly industry-leading gravel bike, boasting 57 millimeters of tire clearance, incredible rearing compliance, and the iconic Lauf fork with 30 millimeters of maintenance-free front-end travel. The Lauf Segla is one of the best all-around gravel bikes on the market. The Lauf Segla proves you can have comfort, speed, be lightweight, and still remain incredibly affordable. Lauf builds start under $2,600, and most builds are thousands of dollars less than similar builds of other brands. Lauf has supported Gravel World since 2016, and we're so thankful for their support of the Gravel Family Podcast. To order your Lauf Segla delivered directly to your door, please go to www.laufcycling.com. That's L-A-U-F cycling.com. Gravel Family Podcast is a Pirate Cycling League production. Gravel Worlds and Pirate Cycling League are owned and operated by Gravel Adventures LLC, Lincoln, Nebraska. For more information on Gravel Family Podcast, visit www.gravelfamily.bike. For information on Gravel Worlds or Pirate Cycling League, go to www.gravel-worlds.com.